On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. Hey everybody, welcome to COVID August. Yay, we're not it's very still happy. going on in August. Yes, it is, but we're here to educate, entertain, and give you some fun stuff because I went really deep to get this guest coming up here with my co-host, John C. Luna. Hello. And we're going all the way to Brazil. <laughs> Hello. This kind of like shocked me because um, this young lady, Adelita Monterio, did I pronounce that right? Monterio. Monterio. Yes. 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 Is a psychologist and couples therapist, and she has an MSc in gender and equality studies from UCD Ireland. Now you can see why I'm like, oh my God, we have to have her on the show just based on her profile. (laughs) Um, She has worked for 16 years with groups of women addressing themes related to sexuality and gender equality and female empowerment. She started her research path on polyamory in 2009 in Ireland as part of a meetup group and now she coordinates study groups and manage a social profile about ethical non-monogamy in Brazil. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you. Well, we, we, I understand you met us because we were putting on a class on relationship flavors. Yes, yes. I thought it was a lovely theme. <laughs> and I was interested in learning more. So how did you see it different from Brazil to the states of how we were presenting it? Or Ireland. Or Ireland. I want to okay. hear how Ireland I, I want to hear the whole thing, man. This is just fascinating <laughs> because, you know, we're so we stuck in our little bubble here in the States. So when we talk to others about ethical non-monogamy from different countries, it's fascinating. Yes. Well, Brazil is well behind the U.S., I'm sure about it. We're just starting to learn more about non-monogamy, about polyamory. Um, I, I actually got to know, learn more about polyamory because it, it was 2009. I was doing a master's in UCT uh, in equality studies. And I was looking by chance in, this, in the meetup platform uh, for an equality group, a group that talked about equality because that was the theme of my master's. And totally by chance, this group came up uh, talking about polyamory. I never heard the word before at that, at that time. And I read the description of the group and I thought it was very interesting because it was talking about equality in the relationship, healthy relationships, and about um, uh, exploring connections, the possibility of loving more than one person at a time. And I thought it was very interesting. And I was like, well, I might join this group and, and see what's all about. So I went to the meetup and I met amazing people and I totally identified with the subject and it answered a lot of my questions on this issue of love and connections. And it was very interesting because when I arrived in Ireland, 
um, in 2007, I was involved with one person and then I met David, which is my partner now. And I was involved with both of them because I didn't have a commitment with either of them, mm-hmm. right? Because of, of our, our choices. And um, so I felt free to be connected to, to both of them. And that went on for about six or seven months. And we got the relationship, both relationships got a bit more serious. And then I felt I had to make a choice because it wasn't fair to be with the two of them at the same time. I knew nothing about polyamory or non-monogamy. And it was very hard for me because I loved both of them. And it was, it was sad that I had to leave this other person and I decided to be with David and I'm still with him. So when that issue, when that, uh, that description of the group, that it is possible to love ethically, responsibly, you know, with, with the consent and knowledge of everyone, it is possible to know more than one person, that totally made sense for me. And then I started thinking about past relationships and that had been like a constant <laughs> in my previous relationships. Some, you know, some sort of thing like that happening that like a previous relationship, I am bisexual. And when I perceived my sexuality, my bisexuality, I, I wanted to explore with other women, but then I met this girl and then we got very involved. I didn't really want to get into a relationship, but we, it, it happened. But I wasn't, I had to meet other women and explore and, and, and I couldn't because I was with her. So I kind of, I was cheating on her, but at the same time, we had this kind of freedom in our relationship, but we weren't talking about it. So it wasn't really ethical, but we kind of knew what was happening, but it wasn't fair, you know, and, and I, I'm a writer. So I write about this in, in, in a magazine in Brazil, in a magazine about non-monogamy. So uh, I noticed that that had been happening in my previous relationships. So I kind of had that, I identified totally with this idea of polyamory and non-monogamy. So I started going to the group and met amazing people and brought my partner. He wasn't that into it like me, but he went to a few meetups and he was a little bit more kind of more slow on this path. So I was part of the group until 2014. I was working. I had, uh, we got married. I had my first child. And then we decided to come back to Brazil in 2014. And then when I arrived here, I, I, was, I was pregnant with my second child, with Nicholas. Uh, so we kind of took a break in all that. I was focused on the baby. And, and yeah, and then I started looking for other groups to see is there any polyamorous people in Brazil? Are there any groups that I can be part of? Because I wanted to connect. Mm-hmm. I felt very identified with, with the group there in Ireland. And it was a very warm, very um, really intelligent, interesting people that I met there. And one of them was Rundi. And he's, he's, he's from California and he has a lot of connections in the US. We had a workshop with Deborah Annapol, which was amazing. I went to that. 10 years ago, I think it was 2010. Wow. And yeah, so that was my beginning in this world of polyamory and non-monogamy. That's a journey. That's cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I will say what seems constant is meetup. Yeah. Because meetup seems, whenever it comes to polyamory, we always end up on meetup, regardless of the country. Yes, yes, that's, that's great. That's a great idea for connecting to people because... It's such a taboo, even in Brazil. Like, well, especially in Brazil, it's a big taboo. It's a very patriarchal, sexist country. 
So talking about polyamory, now I'm in the countryside. So I'm in a smaller city. My city is not too small, but it's a very conservative city. So I can't really be open about it here. I was working as a doula, a perinatal psychologist for the um, uh, two years ago before I went to Sao Paulo, because I was in Sao Paulo for two years. Before that, I was working as a doula. And I knew it would be very delicate to talk about these issues because I worked with couples, preparing them for parenthood. And there were a few issues. People knew I was studying about these. I was giving lectures about these. Then I started, when I went to Sao Paulo, I started setting up workshops and meetups. Some people got to know about this. And then I heard some people saying like, oh, if I knew that, I wouldn't have introduced my husband to her. <laughs> that kind of stuff, which was very disappointing, you know. Yeah, that, that is. It, it's just, we sometimes in Orlando see that, oh, they're sexually free. They're not repressed. And I'm like, well, no, they have to be repressed because all these little girls and boys, because they're coming on these trips between the ages of 13 to 17. Oh, you mean the Brazilians kind of come to Orlando? Yeah, the Brazilians oh, yes. coming to Orlando. Yeah, they they got some crazy stuff that they do um, because some of them actually even bought stuff that were like, that's from an adult store where you have to be 18 to buy that outfit. It's like, <laughs> well, wow. And then the amount of pregnancies going back is just shocking. It's funny because yeah. the American view of Brazil um, is that you're a very sexually free country, but it is very patriarchal. That yeah, and very... No, that's not really. Um, it's not a really true. Uh, it doesn't reflect the culture of the country because people have this idea of um, um, sexual freedom because of carnival, pretty much. Yes. And it's not, it's a Catholic, it's a, it's a sexist country. Like we are one of the champions, like high levels of um, female murder, which here we called, uh, you know, homicide. Is there a, a female word for that in English? Cause here no, we it's just homicide. Femin feminicide. So that's a name for this here now because oh. it's such a big issue. And there's a lot, 10 years, more than 10 years, there's this law now which is called fe feminicide or femicide. I don't know how would you, how you would translate that because the amount of women being killed by their partners, husband, men related to them. It's, it's uh, ridiculous. It's very, uh, there are very high levels of women and children and their children being murdered by their own parents. So this is a huge issue in, in the country. Why? Because, because men believe that women are their property. And so the, this, this, this issue of possessiveness, of seeing partners as their properties, it's a huge and problematic issue in Brazil. And I see that as one of my missions, as the, my main mission as a psychotherapist, as a couple therapist, is to bring awareness and, and deconstruct this idea that a partner is your uh, property. That, that became a very serious issue to me seeing this terrible culture in Brazil where so many women are murdered by their partners and, and people see love as, the, you know, uh, this idea of possessiveness is very connected to love and we, this, this romantic idea that jealousy is the proof of love. 
no, this, this needs to be deconstructed. This, you know, like you can prove love in many ways and, and it doesn't need to be through jealousy. So I, I, I started, it started getting very strong to me, this whole idea of being able to love freely and to have, well, if you decide to have multiple partners, that's okay, but it's not really about the quantity of partners that you have. It's about being free. It's, not, it's about not owning anybody that, because, because you, you love that person. So that's, that's why I started getting very interested in, in this issue, started reading the books, The Ethical Slut, the, uh, Deborah Anna Paul's books and, and articles, and more than two. And when I arrived in Brazil in 2014, I, I thought it was terrible, very conservative. It wasn't widespread, the idea of, of polyamor and non-monogamy. And when I found on Facebook, because Instagram wasn't that big yet, but when I went on Facebook to see the groups and I searched for polyamory, it was always that idea of sexual freedom, go and have sex with lots of people, swing, and, and that kind of uh, bored um, couples looking for a unicorn, for a woman. Because that right. was the idea of polyamory. So oh. everybody thought polyamory was like having sex with lots of people and looking for a woman, a woman, you know, to be a, a, an object in, in, to be added to a relationship. And I thought that was terrible. I was like, no, that's not what I've seen in the group that I was part of in Ireland for so long. It's, it's not about that. I, I, need to, I need to bring this discussion to, to the people here. I need to, to, to do something. Then I, I tried to set up a group in my own town because I was living here. I'm back here now, but, I, but it's a very conservative town. So I had to set up all secret, you know, like a secret email a, <laughs> and a secret name. And I tried to advertise the group, kind of like five, six people came, but they were mostly my friends that knew about me and, my, and all my, <laughs> my story. But like, you know, uh, sometimes there would be new people. But I remember there was... A friend of a friend that told me like, oh yeah, I went to the place and I brought a couple of friends that are part of the swing groups because they're very secretive in, in my town as well. And, and he said, but they didn't want to get off the car. They were afraid. They, did, they didn't want. Well, so they're okay to go to the swing groups, to the swing parties, but they, they, they didn't have the courage to get off and go into a, it was a restaurant. We were meeting up in a lovely restaurant. And he said, no, we were sitting there at the door of the place, but they didn't want to go. I was like, how? Like, why? <laughs> you know, what, what's the fear? I can't, I really couldn't understand. But People are afraid of being outed. Yeah, they, I don't know. They didn't want to talk about it or they were afraid or, you know, so it's, uh, for them, freedom to love was just freedom to have sex with people with no responsibility. A lot of people still think that. So if you ask me about the culture in Brazil, or how people in Brazil see polyamory, that would be mainly two groups. The general group, big, big group, where people, of people who are opening up a little bit and like, oh my God, can I have, I can have sexual freedom. I can have sex with, you know, and these are the groups in, on Facebook that mostly they are wanting, they're looking for a unicorn, mostly heteronormative couple. That would be a one, and it's the, the, the biggest group. But there's a smaller group of people, and that has grown a lot in the pandemic because all the, then started popping up. My pages was one of the first. It's called RC Non Mono, which, which is um, short for 
reflections and connections on non-monogamy. Oh, cool. So the idea, yeah, the idea was to reflect and connect with people. That was our idea. I, I, we set up this group because in one of these Facebook groups, I was there and I was checking what was going on. It was always about, you know, looking for women. And then there was a discussion there that a girl said, oh, I, I, uh, I don't know how to um, approach a woman. I, I'm not very comfortable with that. And the, the whole discussion started with, with lesbian or bisexual women. And then there was this woman that made a comment there and I, and I looked at her profile and she had the same experience as me. She was a psychologist that worked with women. So I sent her a message and she was very nice. And we arranged to meet up in Sao Paulo because I went there, my husband was working there. Uh, and we got on very well, we became friends and now we're partners in this page because then we started having idea. let's set up some workshops. I have a lecture ready because I have, so they invited me to do a lecture here in my town. And then, so I had kind of this setup, uh, and we started working on this together. And then in 2018, we set up the page on Facebook and then on Instagram, and we started organizing meetups. That's, that's the whole idea. Well, why? Because we wanted to get these people together to talk about polyamory non and ethical non-monogamy. And every meetup, we had um, a theme. So we discussed, the, we kind of bringing awareness about the, the issues, the, the words that are used in this world of polyamory. And so we enjoyed a lot and we got a lot of people connected and it was about a year and the groups, the last group we had was in January, I think, or February. And uh, normally we had 10, 15 people. And in this one, there was nearly 40 people. The wow. back of the pub was packed and we were so excited and it was lots of new people, very excited. Oh my God, I want to be part of this group and let's do more groups. And then we had started having lots of ideas. And then the pandemic came. <laughs> so we had to stop all the connections. And we, yeah, we, we haven't organized any, but we want to organize online connections. We had a one, one Zoom meetup that was in April. And then we got busy producing content to the page because then lots of people started coming, you know, uh, following the page and looking for psychotherapy. So we started getting very busy, myself and Giselle, my business partner. Um, yeah, so we've been very busy. The page is growing. We're trying to bring interesting content to bring awareness. And so this would be the second group that I, that I was telling you about uh, of people who identify as polymorphs or non-monogamy, which would be a more informed group. They are researching, they are reading, they are learning, and then lots of pages started popping up. And... And there's a very interesting movement happening now because this new group, this new group, uh, set up a page, uh, and they focus on the political side of non-monogamy. So they call themselves political non-monogamists. You know, if I may translate in that way, um, and I thought that was very interesting, and I and I'm proud of that because they are trying to go further and question other structures, not only relationship structures. They're questioning the whole economic, social structures, like nuclear. The, this idea of focusing everything on the nuclear family, the way capitalism works, and it's all about consumerism. There's no cooperation, and if you're thinking of non-monogamy of polycules, of people co cooperating. You should, you should start rethinking all structures that we have in society. 
That's that idea. So I thought that was amazing. I'm, my page is more about, we look more into re healthy relationships, how to have re healthy relationships. We look at the concepts, you know, like hierarchy, um, relationship anarchy, polyamory, free love. We, we explain to them what these concepts are. Um, uh, the idea of compersion, you know, so kind of teaching, bringing some education around this issue. But we also talk about healthy relationships and about, uh, you know, working on your boundaries and rules. If, if people want to in, think of rules in their relation when they're opening up. So more on the um, uh, emotional aspect, on the re relational aspect. And they're focusing more on the political aspects, on their structures. And I think this is amazing. That's so fascinating. It, that, that's so flippin' amazing there just to see and hear that. Yeah. Because we, what I sometimes refer is polyamory, it's hearts, not parts, meaning it's more of an emotional connection versus sexual. And swinging mm -hmm. is parts, not hearts, meaning that's just more of a physical activity, sex, with no emotional connection. So just hearing what you've established and grown and wow, and them creating their own little group about the, pol the political side. Yeah, because oftentimes people don't understand that polyamory families don't have the same rights as regular heterosexual couples or even here in the States, LGBT couples that are able to get married, that they can see family in the hospital or, you know, pick up their children, they actually need like an additional legal piece of paper says that this person is, um, what is it, authorized as part of our family member to come pick up the child or go visit them at the hospital. Yeah, or see them in the hospital okay. in case they have an accident. Mm -hmm. Because we had a heartbreaking case where um, the husband was in an accident and the wife was out of the country. And the third person was the girlfriend because there was no legal connection, couldn't even visit him. Oh, God, that's so sad. It is, and mm. a lot, there's a lot in this country right now, a lot of the political fights are going on to get polycules. Oh, yeah. Their, their, their yeah. rights as uh, actual families. And it, it's going, but it's yeah, going that's, slowly. Yeah, exactly. In Brazil, it's going to be even more slow. And, but that's going to start happening because there's more and more Polycules, tropples. So now there's lots of pages with the, is that what you call tropples? We call trisal because casal is the couple, trisal is the tropple. Yep. So, yeah, I remember uh, uh, learning that in the You Me Her series. They call themselves tropple. So, yeah, there's lots of tropples in Brazil. And, and I'd say there, there's, there, there's polycules as well, which might be more private, but they're going to start appearing and showing up. And at some stage, there's going to be a case that's, that will have to be brought, you know, to light and people are going to be looking for their rights. There's been a few cases, but um, they're more like when, when a person has um, a lover, a mistress, and then he dies and then the inheritance, the, the mistress or lover come looking for her right oh, wow. uh, on the inheritance. Uh, so there's been cases where, uh, 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 um, rightly, 
she's been allowed and her children have been allowed to have part of the inheritance because she is considered partner. And so there's been a few cases like that and famous cases because there would be rich men living in inheritance and stuff like that. But when uh, troubles were allowed to have their, to register their, their marriage, no, not marriage, I mean their partnership Mm -hmm. in the registry office. They were allowed until 2018. And then somebody complained and brought to the National Conseil National Justice, National Justice Council, this body called the National Justice Council, and they ruled it out. So they're not allowed to register their partnership anymore. But that was okay. Some registry offices allowed them to register. So they, rec they were kind of official. But since 2018, that's not allowed anymore. So that's our, our country. It's in a terrible state, very conservative president at the moment, very irresponsible. He's um, dealing very badly with the pandemic. It's terrible. We didn't have a, a health minister. Well, I don't even want to go into this. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk politics because we're in the same boat here in exactly. the States. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a perfect time to go to a commercial break there. We just end yeah. up, no politics, but we'll have a word from our sponsor. Hey John, I want to get a new toy. Okay, so let's go to Fair Villa. But I don't want to waste time trying to find out what goes with what. Well, there's Fair Villa University and their staff is very well educated and helpful. Okay, but how about if I just want to go to a party instead? Then go to their website because on their calendar they list all their events. But I don't want to spend a lot of money. Have you heard of their loyalty program? Oh yeah, that thing on my keychain that makes everyone blush every time they see it. That's the one. Let's go. Well, they have over five locations in Central Florida. Which one do you want to go to? Fair, Fair Villa. Villa. For, for pleasure, pleasure, fun, and, and fantasy. fantasy. I didn't mean to go into politics, but what I mean is that it's even more conservative now with this, with oh, the yeah. way politics are going. So it's, it's not good. It's not a good environment for developing the issue, bringing up awareness about non-monogamy. However, it is happening. You know, you can't, you can't hold that anymore. During the pandemic, lots of pages uh, and profiles were, were set up in, in Instagram mainly. And, and people are, and the, all these pages are bringing more awareness around non-monogamy. And I think that's, that's good. That's, that's amazing. A lot of people are deconstructing those sexist views of mainly of women, that women are their property. A lot of men... No, working on toxic masculinity, lots of pages talking about this. So this is very interesting. And also for women as well, because we have this, this possessive, jealous culture. Women are jealous and possessive as well. So all of us are, are rethinking this whole thing, that partnership um, should be um, an exchange of love and affection and support and shouldn't be... A demand or shouldn't be an ownership or in anything like that so we're trying to bring you know awareness around these, these issues and it's been very interesting I'm enjoying um, more and more couples and non-monogamous people are looking for for counseling from us from myself and Giselle and other psychotherapists and other psychotherapists are showing up as well non-monogamous psychotherapists and couples therapists, which is great. And we're even thinking of setting up a group. 
of, of non-monogamous or polyamorous psychotherapists. Because then when people ask, oh, I would like to, to have a, a therapist who knows about monogamy because, uh, well, we're, we're doing actually a survey about this because we want to know more. So I'm asking questions about non-monogamy and psychotherapy. If people brought up to their, psycho, to their therapist, how they responded to that. And a lot of them are saying that the therapist was very prejudiced. And they were always yes. saying, well, maybe you didn't find the love of your life, or maybe you don't love your partner if you're thinking of being with other people. You know, that kind of stuff. Or really, what's here. that? <laughs> or they're saying, what's that? I don't know what that is. Oh, I need to get more informed. Well, the, the best answers would be that, that the therapist might not know about the issue, but they, they're willing to learn more. And that, that was good. That was positive. <laughs> but a lot of them are prejudiced. So the person can't really go much further with the therapy if they want to explore non-monogamy or if they have a third partner, you know, if the therapist doesn't, is not open to that. We find a so, lot of that here as well. We went to therapy about five years ago and we had to look, we found someone, but it wasn't close by, you know, we had to drive a bit. And even here it's, it's getting better, but it, it's going to take time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So our idea now is to kind of set up a training course to, uh, to therapists. So to, to just kind of bring, bring knowledge on the issue. Well, what, what, not, what ethical non-monogamy is, because there's non-ethical non-monogamy as well. And, um, and, and it's so interesting because that, this, this group that have this political view, they, they don't believe in non-ethical non-monogamy. But they cheating say, is okay. <laughs> yes, no, what they, what they say is, which is a very interesting view, is that when it's non-ethical, it's not non-monogamy, it's actually monogamy, because it's just reproducing the same old shit, you know, <laughs> excuse the word. So I, I was like, really? Yeah, it, this is monogamy. This, is, this, is, this cheating stuff is monogamy, because it's what's always happened. So that's not non-monogamy, even if it's non-ethical, it's not it's monogamy. It's, it's how the structure works. Some people can, can cheat, like men was, were always allowed to cheat and women not. I thought, well, at first I was like, no, but non-monogamy means more than one part. <laughs> you know, the first time I talk about this is very interesting. Uh, and the person was like, no, that, that's actually monogamy. And so... It's, it's interesting. It's interesting, this discussion. So they, they, are, they are, you know, pushing the boundaries, questioning, criticizing the whole system. And I think that's, in, well, they, they wrote an article as well. It's, it's really cool, people. Interesting. This group that are talking about political non-monogamy are formed by, uh, um, they discuss about gender, about race. They're formed by, by, by black people from, people from the black community and gay, you know, people who are totally out of the norm, the mono norm or the hetero norm, and they're questioning everything. And, and I think it's, it's very interesting. I, I feel like they're, they're even a step ahead, but I have to help people who are, I see my mission as a, as a therapist and uh, helping people who are at the beginning of this, of this path. You know, they're just, they're opening up to the possibility of loving more than one person, the possibility of exploring their sexuality. So I, I see my mission as helping 
these people. And then maybe when you advance in this, in this path, learning more about non-monogamy and about being ethical, and then you might start questioning the political structures and, you know, and, and, and rethinking the way you want to live. I think it's, it's very interesting and it's very challenging, I think. Yes, very, very challenging. Um, three years ago, I formed a group in Orlando because I'm bisexual. Right. And there's gay groups and there's straight groups, but there's mm-hmm. nothing for bi. Now, bi women are just everywhere. It's very common for a woman to say she's bi, you know, if... If a woman kisses a woman in a club or a bar, it's no problem. But if two men do it, now all of a sudden it's a different story. But you're talking about people not showing up for your meeting. Our meetup group has 600 people in it. When I have a meeting, four will show up. And that's even online. So they're very scared of something. They're very closeted whether it's social shame or, or you know, fear of maybe they're in a marriage or a relationship. So they want to listen, but to take that step, they, 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 they need more push. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big challenge. Bisexuality is still a big taboo, more than homosexuality, I think. Wow. People yeah. accept gay and lesbians. It's much more, it's not a big issue, but bisexual, especially bisexual men, it's, it's not that okay. I, it, it's interesting because I was talking today with a client and, and he, I'm, I, I, obviously I won't say his name, but he allowed me to talk about, he said, well, that's okay if you talk about me without saying my name. So it was exactly this issue. He said he's bisexual, but he's only been exploring his bisexuality recently, relationship with men. And he, and he's he's on social media as well. He has a business, so he said, "I can't, I can't really say openly that I'm bisexual. It's a it's a big issue." But if if it was a woman, obviously, I don't think it would be a big issue, would it? So it's it's terrible that we that we have this that that men can't men can't be openly bisexual. We still have that that big, that prejudice that. Um, level to go up there on the on the acceptance of people's sexuality isn't it it's a big issue in brazil as well wow that's just like insane so now how do people have access to like sex education at all or how is that <laughs> <It's a challenge>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, we just went to the next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, teenage pregnancy, are, levels of teenage pregnancy are very high, exactly because they don't have sex education in schools. And I've been asking a lot of people because I did, uh, uh, I'm actually studying sexology. I forgot to put that on my profile, but I'm finishing a two-year uh, specialization course on sexology. So I'll be a qualified sexologist, hopefully, at the end of the year. But uh, so I'm, I've been very interesting in sexual education, very interested in sexual education. And I did a special, a 10 week course on sexual education for schools, for, for teenagers. Uh, and so I've been asking a lot of people, teenagers or, or even others saying, oh, did you have sex education in school? Do you have? And it's pretty much focused on sexual reproduction, reproduction, 
and uh, pregnancy, preventing pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You know, so how, how reproduction works and how do you prevent pregnancy? Uh, what are the main um, protection, what are, what's the contraception, you know, devices? So that's mainly it, but they don't talk about gender, about sexual orientation, about sexuality in general, connect, uh, boundaries and consent, none of this it's talked about. And I think consent is it's an amazing topic and I've been reading a lot about it, this and I want to kind of set up workshop. I did a little, a small ebook for teachers and, and parents to learn and teach consent to their children. And I'm gonna start kind of promoting that. But yeah, no, there's no, not really proper sexual education in schools here. And so, gosh, it's, it's a big challenge to talk about uh, sexuality and sexual orientation and gender. And this had um, become kind of worse talking about these issues, you know, with the recent developments on, well, uh, on politics. Yeah. It sounds like they're having the same <laughs> issues we are. Yeah. Because we can't talk about sex to kids at all. Mm -mm. It's so hard. Oh, gosh. It yeah, is. So that, that makes a big difference, especially if you're entering in an ethical non-monogamy relationship, to have that foundation of, like, the sexuality, the genders, the consent. Even a monogamous yeah. relationship. Yeah. The whole consent yeah. conversation needs to be done. Um, there was a study done about kids who were taught consent and sexual abuse. And kids who were taught consent were more likely to speak out and, and have a, a self-awareness to say, no, this is wrong. I'm not letting it happen as opposed to, because mo mo most sex abuse actually happens by friends or someone in the family. So instead exactly. of obeying, they, they at least know enough to speak up. They have a bit more confidence and they can speak up for themselves. Uh, yeah, totally. I think that makes a huge difference. And that's a big issue in Brazil as well. There's a lot of sexual abuse going on in the homes by people who know the children. So this is urgent, I think. People, children need to learn to have sexual education, to learn about consent and to have this understanding that nobody has the right to touch them, their bodies and the this kind of awareness but yeah it's a big challenge that we have here <laughs> and we yeah we're trying I'm trying to bring these issues I actually brought the issue of consent in my page which is not specifically like related to non-monogamy it's related to you know to everyone and I kind of tried to relate to non-monogamy to see if people it, it was very interesting because this is actually the consent post it's actually the most liked post in all my posts. I never, I never expected that. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I'm going to start talking more about that because it's probably new to people here. And I've been talking about boundaries and I feel it's new as well. And, and I did a video um, explaining a little bit about boundaries. Um, and then I and then I asked people to tell me what their boundaries were or boundaries that they, they discovered that in, in their relationships, in their interactions, and kind of nobody answered. And I had two or three answers and they were about something else. They weren't about boundaries. So I, I did a, another video in the stories to explain, guys, look, boundaries is, you know, your personal limits 
they could be physical or emotional and they not, you normally you normally acknowledge them in a situation where you feel uncomfortable before that gosh that's a fly here before that you might not know what your boundaries are still nobody replied so i also think there's there's something in there yep. we need to talk more about boundaries and in all the pages that i follow outside brazil there's a lot of talk about boundaries and i think this is very important but they don't understand yet really what it is and consent is just get starting to be introduced here to the to the talks so i think i'm gonna have to go step by step <laughs> it's 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 a challenge big big challenge here and that is a well. huge challenge there i mean wow you're really starting from scratch and that's like a to me like a little war going on because you gotta reprogram everyone to deprogram their prior beliefs or knowledge about relationships themselves as an individual and you know not thinking women are property wow that's a lot yeah it's a general another another i just gosh gosh there's a fly here i live <laughs> i live here um stable it's called horses there's a polo club here right behind my house there's lots of oh, cool. <laughs> but it's a nice place it's a nice um a lot of nature around but um we were talking about prejudice around bisexuality that's another issue that i had in my practice because when i was working as a doula now i'm more focused on sexuality non-monogamy and couples therapy but i worked for five years as a doula here in my hometown and 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 i i had a client who was a, a lesbian and her together with her partner, they went through IVF. So she came to me pregnant, looking for um, uh, support of a doula, education uh, uh, um, about birth and how to give birth and stuff and everything related to giving birth. We call humanized birth here, which is natural birth and uh, being able to birth a baby respectfully. So, um, so yeah, we started to talk and I thought, well, I'm very happy to have you here. It's amazing to have a, a, a non-heterosexual couple and I'm, 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 I'm bisexual. So I kind of understand a little bit about the issues that us uh, not heteronormative go through. I said something like that to her. I just felt it might be nice to, to, to bring this connection. And she never showed up and she, anymore and she blocked me. I could, because I used to show, to send invites for my groups. I had mom's groups and pregnancy groups, and that was it. She was gone, and she blocked me, and I was quite upset. I was like, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe she thought I, 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 I am quite sure she might have said that to her partner, and, and there might have been an issue there. Well, did she say she's bisexual because she was interested in you or something? You know, that kind of, that kind of thinking. That's, yeah, that's a lot of the things that we have. Insecurity and jealousy. If you say to someone you're bisexual, the person think you're going to want to have sex with them. Yep. If you yep. say you're non-monogamous, the people, couple are, they're going to think you want to have sex with them. <laughs> I, I think it's such a backward thinking, such a, 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 a narrow thinking, isn't it? And yeah, it was unfortunate, but what could I do? I thought it would be a way of connecting to her. 
but I felt really bad. When she blocked me and I couldn't even connect to her, send the invites for our group, I was, I was like, well, that could only be the reason because what other reason would she totally disappear and block me, you know? That's sad. And then obviously, I won't say that anymore, you know, that I'm bisexual. And not, not even non-monogamy is totally out of the question. Non-monogamy is totally out of the question saying that to my clients here in this town. But I have the page there and people who come through the page, that's fine. They'll know I'm non-monogamous. But yeah, it's complicated to say that to clients here because a lot of most people here are conservative and they can't, they can't see what I mean. Um, even I saw one day in, a, in an online newspaper, a famous newspaper, saying oh, polyamory is about uh, having sex with lots of people, uh, sexual openness. And, and I was like, Did this guy, this person is a journalist. Could you not even Google what polyamory is? <laughs> I, I can't what understand that. What it seems to that. me is, it seems like they're taking their, the word relationship and replacing it with sex. Because if you say you're having mm -hmm. multiple relationships, all they see is the sex. I'm like, well, if you're monogamous, is the only thing that you have with your partner sex? No, there, there's much more. So why can't you have <laughs> that with other people? And all their mind, very small, very sex. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's the same thing with us. When we say we're a bisexual married couple in, in an open relationship, and they're like, Oh, that means you have sex all the time. I'm like, no, we don't. Our door is not a revolving people coming in and out. No, it's not like that. Yeah. We, we spend the majority of our time just teaching people the correct way and how to have healthy relationships. That, yeah, that's exactly what, what I go through. And we always talk on our page that it's, it's much more about talk and conversations than about sex. We, like we talk more than we when we do sex. Yes, much yes. more. And sometimes yes. I, and and yeah, and especially us who are teaching and and our work educating people about that and bringing awareness, we don't even have much time left, you know, to connect with other people and explore. But um, yeah, sometimes I felt guilty about that. Well, I, I'm I'm not in a trouble. I I have my partner. We have other connection and connections. But we are quite busy with family life. We have two small children, eight and six, so they require a lot of attention and and like investment in them, emotional investment. And now with the pandemic, there's no school, so we need to do the, the lessons with them and organize their routine. I, I don't even, I'm not even having a time to connect to, you know, more people. I, it's even hard to give attention to my partner. So sometimes I feel bad. Am I really exploring this non-monogamy thing? How am I teaching about it? <laughs> I, I think it's more important to um, have it in your mind that you're open to it. And it's a way of thinking Sometimes, the, the, especially in a place where you have to hide mm -hmm. and you can't be open, uh, it, it's hard. It takes a lot of time. And sometimes yeah. you know, li life takes up time. You have to do what you have to do. You have to take care of your yeah. family. You have to go to work. You have to have a job. You have to pay bills. That all uh -huh. has to come first. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's it. We're, well, I'm doing what I can. And you know, and I think it's it's helping. It's it's so nice. You you have a profile, so uh, I I'm sure you know how how good it is to get 
positive feedback from people. Oh, that really makes sense for me. You're helping me so much. I'm learning so much through your page. So it's beautiful to get that feedback. That's awesome. Well, our time is up. That was so quick and so much information. And I'm just still like, oh my God, the other side of Brazil is not what the Orlando people think. I love it. <laughs> other countries are not what Americans yeah. think. Thanks. We need to travel more. Yes. Once, once the pandemic totally. is over, we need to travel more. I wouldn't mind presenting in Brazil. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, so we, we will build this connection now and hopefully, you know, you can come at some stage after all these, oh my God, after all this pandemic and we go back to making our connection, meet up groups and parties. They, they were even setting up a, a great non-monogamous party here. I didn't have the chance to go. I was going in April uh, before all this started. So there will be opportunities for maybe you come and visit Brazil and we can go to, to Orlando. Last year we made it as far as Costa Rica. So if you invite us, we'll probably show up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, it's like, no falo portugues. That's all I could remember. <laughs> Working here in Orlando, it's like, no falo portugues, hablo español. Well, but if you speak Spanish, that's, that's great. That's, it's a big step. You, you, um, you, you can talk here, no problem. <laughs> Definitely. So, Adelita, how could people find you and how could they reach out to you, especially since it's ethical non-monogamy in Portuguese? Yay! Yeah. Um, well, so my page is called RC Naumono, which means Reflections and Connections on Non-Monogamy uh, on Instagram and on Facebook as well. On Facebook is the full name, Reflections and Reflections and Conexões na Monogamia. My personal page is Ade Corpo Afeto, short for Adelita Body, because my page is more about sexuality and I'm focusing on moms. Uh, yeah, but still on development. My page is a little bit kind of frozen there because I'm focusing all my work in the non-monogamy page. Cool. Yeah, so that's it. RC non-mono and we are here to help. <laughs> and bring awareness we we're i'm very much passionate about about this thing about sexuality and non-monogamy and healthy relationships wonderful thank you very much thank it's you. been a pleasure having you Yay. thank you my pleasure thank you thank you for listening to sex pods and me if you like our content please like subscribe and review us you can find us on social media platforms at sexpositiveme or on our website at sexpositiveme.com. You can also reach me on all social media platforms as Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me at John C. Luna. And if you like content like this and want some more, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.